As old as the Roman Catholic Church is, today's feast day of the Holy Family of Mary, Joseph, and Jesus, it's a relatively new feast. It came about about 40 years, in fact, before Vatican Council II. It came about in 1921. A few days ago, a week ago, we were here to celebrate the Word who became flesh and dwelt among us. And this feast day was given to us by the church. So now a week later, we can remember that the Word became flesh and dwelt among us in a family. The Word dwelt among us in a holy family. Not a perfect family, but a holy family. Holy, which means set aside for good and for truth and for God. Now, we do not choose our families. And I know after your Christmas gatherings, a lot of you are nodding without moving your heads. We don't choose our families. We don't choose our neighbors. We don't choose our co-workers. Jesus did not say, love your friend as you love yourself. We choose our friends and that would be fun. Our Lord said, love your neighbor as you love yourself. The challenge is to love those whom we don't choose to have in our lives. And it begins with our families. And God's presence blossoms in family life in a few ways. The first way God's presence blossoms in our families is silently and ordinarily. Look at the family life of our Lord Jesus. Today we heard the gospel, which is his presentation in the temple. That's the fourth joyful mystery of the rosary. We're not going to hear about his family life for 12 more years until we read in the Bible about the fifth joyful mystery of the rosary when he's found in the temple at the age of 12. And then we don't hear anything for 18 years until he is baptized by John the Baptist. Silently, ordinarily. And the Bible summarizes his whole family life as a child and as an adolescent by saying he grew, he became strong, and he was filled with the Holy Spirit and God's favor. That's how you summarize a family. We become strong, filled with wisdom, and God's favor. But it, it's not spectacular. Families are not spectacular. Holiness comes from ordinariness. And it's often silent. 
and we have to embrace these ordinary silent days of living because they produce extraordinary stories, the stories of your life. You're extraordinary. A second way that families manifest God's presence is through the passing on of the faith. Think of how Mary and Joseph passed on the Jewish faith to God, to our Lord. And you, mothers and fathers, have the moral responsibility to pass on the faith to your children. And the best way you do it is by doing what you're doing right now, bringing them to Mass. The faith is passed on almost like osmosis. When you bring them to Mass, they will learn the faith. They will practice the faith. It starts here and not over there. There are a lot of things I don't understand as a priest. One of them is how some families, for lack of a better term, some families are hell-bent on sending their kids to catechism and faith formation on Wednesday, or whatever day it is. But they don't come to Mass. That, that's like learning how to swim by reading a book. It happens here, and it happens positively. Speak positively about your church. I interviewed once uh, Father Nick Vetter on my radio show. His father is Leland, a welder. Father Vetter said on my radio show, if you want your son to be a welder, if you want your son to follow in your footsteps, don't complain about welders. Who wants to be a part of something you complain about? Speak positively. And when I was ordained a priest, I got on my knees and I said, Lord, forgive me for all the times I complained about my priests. Forgive me. So the youth start by gathering here. The youth first group here before moving to youth group there. Families, parents, keep it up. Another way that God's presence is manifested in families is by common living. Things that we do over and over again, day in and day out, unnoticed by the world, but essential to the family. That's why the family is called not only the basic unit of society, the family is called the domestic church. And as I think about my family life, as I think about my parents' 60 years of marriage, as I think about my life as a son, my life as a brother, I think about what the family has given me, which is what the family has given us all. The family first gave me in my life habit, virtue. Any good that I did came from the learning of, of the family. My family taught me social skills, to be able to talk to adults and converse. All of our social skills come from our families. 
My family first taught me concern for others. Charity, the first glimpses of charity came through the family. My family taught me obedience to my parents, which today has resulted in respect for those in authority. My family taught me responsibility. One of the greatest things my family gave me was that I had to work. One of the greatest things they gave me was persistence in work. So remember, forgiveness also comes from our families. In our families, we meet different personalities with different expectations. A few months ago, I gave a homily about how I told my staff what I'm not good at. Things I don't enjoy happen to be things I'm not good at and how they accomplish, they account for that. Families do that too by sharing gifts. So my dear people, people do not form families, families form people. And we carry the imprint of our families with us whether we like it or not. I always tell my pre-marriage couples in my pre-marriage weekends, when you get married, you marry their family. And a lot of them stare at me horrified. <laughs> but we are, we're our families, for better or for worse. So today, let's pray for our families. Pope. St. John Paul II said, as family life goes, our country will go, and our world will eventually go. Let's pray for our families to transform where we are. I'll leave you with a word of compliment to my environment committee, who work very hard in decorating this church. We have poinsettias, like every Christian church today throughout the world, there was an ambassador by the name of J.R. Poinsett. He was our American ambassador to Mexico in the 1840s. He decided to visit the president on his return report around Christmas. J.R. Poinsett went to visit James Polk, our 11th president, a Democrat, a president from 1845 to 1849. J.R. Poinsett didn't know what to bring to the president from his area in Mexico where he was appointed. So he dug up a Mexican arid weed and brought it to the president. And it became so popular, today it's named after him. Poinsettia, which means of poinsett. His single good intention transformed so much, just like our families can do. Let's pray for the graces of the Holy Family. Mary, Jesus, and Joseph to transform our lives, our parish, and our world. Amen.